It is Sunday, a Sunday in August in New York. Maybe yesterday you were out working in the yard, you know, trimming the brush, the bushes or cutting the grass or, or, or something like that, planting some flowers. Let me ask you a question. You come inside, hot, sweltering, Saturday in August. You're sweating to death. What do you prefer? A bottle of water like this one that I have here? A bottle of water or would you rather jump into a cool pool? Just jump right in, immerse in the pool, and be completely refreshed. Well, I don't know about you, but more than a bottle of water, I would much rather jump right in and be completely immersed and cooled off in a refreshing dip in the pool. Jump right in. That's what I want to talk about in our week number seven of our series that we've been calling Father, Son, and the Other One. Jumping into the fullness, or could I put it this way, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Before we do jump into the jump in message, let me just say a, a big shout out to our Poughkeepsie campus. We love you guys. Part of our Valley family, we're one church, multiple locations. Of course, those that are joining us online, the Valley Online campus as well. Go ahead and open up your uh, Valley app. I think you're going to want to follow along. We're going to look at a lot of scripture today because this is one of those subjects that, that sometimes if you've been in church uh, or churches for any amount of time, there's, there's kind of some weird misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit, about this whole idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I hope to clear up some of that confusion because I had a lot of confusion for a long time in my life until someone just explained it to me in simple terms, well, really the way the Bible does. And so uh, we're talking about jumping in, and, and maybe if you're confused, you don't even know what that is, what is it, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're not alone. In fact, that's where we want to start off today. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. Uh, this is uh, the, the church has been birthed in the first part of the book of Acts, uh, and is beginning to spread outside of Jerusalem into all different areas. And, and look at what it says in Acts chapter 19, outside of Jerusalem. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, now Apollos was also uh, an apostolic leader in the New Testament. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. So in other words, the Bible makes it clear they're already followers of Christ. They're disciples. There he found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So it's very important we understand this. The Bible makes it clear. These were believers in Jesus Christ. These were disciples. They'd given their life wholly and completely to following after Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And so they're basically saying, what in the world? We don't even know what you're talking about. There's all kinds of confusion. And then the Bible makes it clear that he talks to them, he explains to them what the whole, who the Holy Spirit is, what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, and then prays for them, and they receive the Holy Spirit after they believe. Now, we've talked about this before. In this series, this is week number seven, and Pastor Randy has done a great job, Pastor Stephen as well. This has been a tag team series, three of us teaching this, and, and real excited to have that kind of help uh, on staff at the church here. And, and uh, we've talked about this, that at the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit comes and fills us. The Holy Spirit comes inside of us. Uh, we're born again. And, and you know what it is? It's really like drinking a bottle of water. That when I, when at that moment I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, in that moment, 
The Holy Spirit, like this water, comes inside of me and lives inside of me. But then there's another moment, and the Bible makes this perfectly clear, that there's another moment when when God invites us to jump in to the Holy Spirit, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. And that's a different event. That's a different experience, if you will. And that's what Paul is asking here to these Christians, these disciples, these believers at Ephesus. And so I think it's really important for the sake of clarity, uh, let's look, the Bible talks about three different baptisms that are very, very important. Three different baptisms. If you're following along uh, in your notes on the app, I think it's important to look at this. First of all, at the moment of salvation, we are baptized into the body of Christ. That, That God is the one who does that. Jesus, he baptizes us into the body of Christ. Let's look at what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. It says, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. There's one Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit. When he comes to live inside of me at the moment of salvation, when I repent of my sins and I receive Jesus Christ's sacrifice for my sins through his perfect life, his sinless death, uh, his sacrificial death, and his resurrection from the dead. In that moment, I'm baptized into the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of me. This this is a fact. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. This is a a fact uh, of the Christian faith. And and also it says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 and 27, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. Again, By faith, when I put my faith in Jesus Christ and I surrender my life to him and put my trust him with my life, in that moment, I'm baptized. You are baptized into the body of Christ. And this is is something that God does supernaturally. It's not a work that I do. Salvation and forgiveness is the free gift of God. And this is the reason why it's so important that the next two baptisms we're going to look at that God distinguishes these two other baptisms from this baptism in Christ so that we don't confuse it and we start thinking we had something to do with it. That, that we can be proud about, look, I found Jesus. No, you didn't. He's never been lost. You were. I was. That this is not something that we can ever be prideful about, but this is the free gift that God offers to each and every human being if they'll just receive it. The gift of salvation. It's what God did through sending his son, Jesus Christ. Not anything that I do. Not anything that you do. And so when we receive Christ and what he has done for each and every one of us, then we're baptized into the body of Christ. But then there's a second baptism. And the Bible speaks of water baptism, being baptized in water. 27 times in the New Testament, you can count them for yourself, 27 times, there's 27 instances in the New Testament where an individual makes that decision first, and every time in the Bible, it's always that I decide, my parents don't decide for me, I decide for myself on an individual basis, put my faith in Jesus Christ, and then 27 times recorded in the New Testament, those that put their faith in Jesus Christ then are baptized after that. Oftentimes, really soon after that. That they're baptized in water immediately after that. Let's look at just one example of it. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized. In other words, this is the process. Uh, this, over and over, all throughout Scripture, there's not one exception to this rule. 
an individual believes first and then is baptized in water. First comes belief on the individual, on my part, then comes baptism in water. It's not the other way around. No one is ever baptized first, and then they come to faith in Christ. Always belief, and then comes baptism. In fact, baptism, if you will, I think it's so important. Sometimes, uh, you know, we, we kind of confuse this. This is the reason why uh, even here at Valley Christian Church, at the end of our messages, oftentimes we give opportunity for someone to put their faith in Jesus Christ. We don't try to embarrass them. The Bible doesn't say embarrass people uh, when, when, they, when they receive Christ as their Savior. In fact, we just say, you can just open your heart to God and repeat this prayer as a whisper. But because it's an inward thing. Being baptized in the body of Christ is something that happens internally. It's a personal thing. It's a private thing, really. But then there's water baptism, and water baptism is going public with your faith. Now, this weekend, Susie and I celebrated our 28th wedding anniversary. August 18th, 1990, uh, we were married 28 years ago. And, and here's the thing. We stood in a church, Pensacola, Florida. We exchanged vows, and we exchanged wedding rings. Now, this wedding ring, this is not why I'm married, this wedding ring. I'm married because I made a commitment and a covenant to my wife till death do us part, to Susie till death do us part. This is a symbol of what, that commitment that's in my heart. But this is not, this is not, this doesn't make me married. What makes me married is I stood and pledged my life to her before God till I breathe my last breath. This is a symbol that shows publicly I'm committed to one woman for the rest of my life. That's what water baptism is. When we're baptized into Christ, that's a personal, that's a private thing. But then it's that moment of when we go public with our faith. That's why also, by the way, we don't have water baptism on Sunday mornings. Because we want to have it on Sunday night when you can invite as many of your friends and family and co-worker so it's this huge public celebration. I am going all out, publicly committing, showing my commitment to Jesus Christ. And if you haven't been baptized in water yet, I encourage you, our next water baptism coming up November the 4th on a Sunday night, uh, uh, I encourage you to sign up for that just as soon as those sign-ups are open uh, because it's, it's a really important part of our ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ in this life. It really doesn't make much difference in heaven, but it makes a lot of difference in life on earth. The big difference in heaven is that first baptism, whether we're going to be in God's presence or separated from him, and that is baptized in the body of Christ. Look at it in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Jesus put it this way, whoever acknowledged me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. This is why water baptism is a big deal, and that word baptism means to dunk. It, baptismo is the Greek word. It means to completely immerse, to, to sink. It's a Greek word. It, it's a Greek word that, that literally, uh, with, with the Roman uh, armies and Roman navy, when a ship sank to the bottom of the ocean, it was baptismo was the word. It doesn't mean to sprinkle. It means to completely sink, just like sinking into a, a pool or sink to the bottom of the ocean. Water baptism. Water baptism is that time when we go public. It's like the wedding ceremony, if you will. We go public with the, the commitment that's already in our hearts to live for Jesus Christ. 
and, and is saying, just like in that wedding 28 years ago when I said, Susie, you have my heart for all time. That, that that's what water baptism is. We're saying, as we go in the water, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life, we're saying, Jesus, you have my heart for all time. I'm committed to you. I'm going to live for you for the rest of my life. So, baptism into the body of Christ, and then water baptism, and then there's a third baptism that the Bible talks about, and that is baptism in the Holy Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let's look at this. Again, that these are, these are different events. This doesn't all happen at the moment of salvation. Bible makes it very clear. Acts chapter 8, verse 5, just one uh, kind of uh, uh, example of this. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. So he went down into Samaria, which was uh, right outside of Israel, and, uh, and, and he proclaims the gospel there. He, he preaches the good news of Jesus Christ. But when they believed... Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So he preaches the gospel. They put their faith in Jesus Christ. They receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. They're baptized when they believe. They're baptized into Jesus Christ, salvation. Then they're baptized in water. That's that going public with their faith. But then look at this in the next verse, uh, in verse 14. That it says, and when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that, this, that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they're believers at this point, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers. They're already Christians. They're already Christians, baptized into the body of Christ. They prayed for the new believers there that they may receive the Holy Spirit. This is the third baptism, water baptism. It said they'd been believed. Then they were baptized in water. This is the third baptism, baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it goes on and says, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them, they had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Water baptism. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Three different baptisms. Baptized in Christ. That's at the moment of salvation. God does that baptized in water, I do that. I decide to be baptized in water. Baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's something we're going to find out. The Bible makes clear we have to ask for. If we've never asked for it, it has never happened. Because the Holy Spirit's not going to push himself on you. The Holy Spirit's not going to push himself on me. He's a gentleman. He's the Spirit of Jesus Christ. We have to ask for it. We have to ask for it. So, think is really important. I can't stress this enough. Why didn't God mix all of these three things at one time? Because he wanted to make it very distinct and distinguish that first baptism, baptism into the body of Christ. That is the free gift that he gives all those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. It's not a work. It's not something that we're responsible to do. Water baptism is something we're responsible to do. That's a work that he wants us to do. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, we have to ask. That's something we're responsible to do as well. So the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is really the power to pull off the plan that God has for each and every one of us. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. What's the purpose of the power of the Holy Spirit in our finale of this series, Father, Son, and the other one, week number eight, next week. 
But, but watch this now. I, I think this is really important just how clear the Bible just distinguishes these three different baptisms. If it's, if it's not already clear, I think it probably is, but just a, another perspective. Baptism in Christ, baptism in water, baptism in the Holy Spirit. Look at what 1 John chapter 5, verse 7 and 8 says. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. Where is this happening? In heaven. Three that bear witness to the truth of God. What is it? Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. John, the apostle, loved referring to Jesus as the Word. In fact, in John chapter 1 of John's gospel that he wrote, not 1 John here, the epistle, but in, in John's gospel, he says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That Jesus is the incarnate word of God. So right here, there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, that's the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. They're all God. Co-eternal, co-equal, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity right there. But then watch what John says. It's pretty interesting. And there are three that bear witness on earth. In other words, these are three things that are important for life on earth. What are they? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Water, what is that? Water baptism. And the blood, what is that talking about? That moment of salvation. When I received what Christ did through his sacrifice, he shed his blood for you and me. His body was broken. He laid his life down for for you and for me. Those are the three baptisms right there. Baptism in the Spirit, baptism in the water, baptized into Christ when we accept his sacrifice on the cross for you and me. Three different baptisms. And and, and this is really so important. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I just want to share a little bit of my story because this valley here at this church, this is who we are always have been. This is who we are. This is who we always will be. In fact, uh, let me show you something that's pretty interesting. This is a book came out in 1988 called The Dictionary of Pentecostal and Charismatic Movements. This is a big old thick book put out by Zondervan uh, that is really the history of the Pentecostal charismatic movements. Uh, Let me see here. It's like almost 900 pages, but if you had this book, you can still get it on Amazon, and if you opened up to page 141, in fact, we'll put it up on the screen, you'll see something pretty interesting there. Look at this. Russ Williamson of Hopewell Junction, New York. That's my father. That's my father. Russ Williamson of Hopewell Junction, New York, in the Dictionary of Pentecostal and Charismatic Movements. I know right now, maybe some of you are going, I didn't know this was a charismatic church. (gasps) I'll get to that. It is, but it's not what you think it is. But, but, this is who we've always been at Valley. No, no secret. But see, one thing is there's a whole culture. There's, there's all kinds of culture. There's Baptist culture. There's, there's Roman Catholic culture. Uh, there's a whole culture that has kind of grown up in, in Pentecostal churches. We've never been a Pentecostal church. We've always been charismatic. There's a big difference between the two. They're not synonyms. They're different. But there's a whole culture that has grown up in charismatic churches that is not necessarily a biblical culture. And, and, and we've distanced ourselves from that unbiblical culture of charismatic churches. And we've really sought to say, what is the, how does it really look in the scripture? How does it really look at the scripture? And, and, for, and for some of you, you know, you've got your green card in terms of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I was born into this. I mean, this is my her- heritage. In fact, this is the heritage of our church. 
Bill Ligon, right above my dad, Brunswick, Georgia, my hometown where I was born, he was our pastor in Brunswick, Georgia. And right above this, it talks about Ken Sumrall, Liberty Church, Pensacola. He started the Bible College where Susie and I met. And now our good friend Buford Lipscomb is the senior pastor at Liberty Church in Pensacola, Florida. And so this is, this is like who we are all the way back in 1988. I mean, my dad's in the book. He was just with us just a few weeks ago. And let me just share you a little bit of my story because I grew up, our church was crazy I mean, just nuts with, like, this charismatic culture when I was growing up. And, and, uh, and then I went down to Bible college, and I saw that you can be charismatic, and you don't necessarily have to have that same kind of crazy culture that, that really, there's a lot in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 14, that, that is just kind of thrown out the window. But the Bible makes it real clear. They're supposed to be done in decency and in order. There's supposed to be order when we come together when we celebrate like this on Sunday. We need to be, pay special attention and awareness of those that come that don't know Jesus Christ. And, and if there are those that are not followers of Jesus Christ in our gathering, then we have to use self-control with the gifts of the Spirit. The Bible makes that incredibly clear. And there's always those in our gatherings on Sundays that, that don't know Christ as their Savior. And so it, we have to be responsible for what the Scripture teaches us, particularly in 1 Corinthians 14. And, and so... I grew up in this, just, I, I received Christ when I was five years old. I was baptized in water when I was nine years old. When I was 11 years old, uh, almost 12 years old, we had a guest speaker, and he came, and he's speaking about baptism in the Holy Spirit, and this thing called speaking in tongues, and I didn't know what that was. Uh, but he said, if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if you've not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, just pray this prayer, and he led us in a prayer. And I remember just exactly driving home from church that day, and I just felt just this, this like strength inside. Just, just my, my faith in Christ just went a lot deeper. And, and then because of what I saw, just kind of crazy church culture at the time that I was a part of, that, that our church was, uh, I kind of just pushed that to the side uh, until I went to Bible college. And I went to a charismatic Bible college, and I saw there's a different kind of culture that's much more biblical. In fact, it's, it's who you would say, well, that's Valley today. That's what I experienced for the first time. That's where Susie and I met. And I remember going to the pastor, one of the pastors on staff my freshman year, and I said, I'm not so sure I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And he shared with me some of the scriptures we're looking at right now. And he said, of course you have, Greg, because it's not a feeling, it's not an emotion, and, and this is solid charismatic theology, you're not looking for something to happen. You may speak in tongues, you may not, but that doesn't matter. That is a sign of the that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not the only sign. Pentecostal theology says there is no other sign, no other evidence that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit than speaking in tongues. As charismatics, we like, oh, there's other evidence, like the fruit of the Spirit, like the gifts of the Spirit. Those are also evidence. And so it just helped me so much. And you know what? The next year, and this is kind of stuff that's like, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, this begins to be more of a normal experience. I remember there's this girl that I started getting sweet on named Susie Warner, and I was listening to Billy Joel one night. We are about to go play tennis, and, and uh, I'm listening to Billy Joel in my Walkman <laughs> cassette tape, and I'm listening to this song, This is the Time to Remember, because it will not last forever. These are the days to hold on to, because it won't, although we want to. This is the time, but time is going to change. And I remember 
the Holy Spirit just speaking to me and saying, you better take those words to heart. Just like that. And I didn't know it at the time, but that night, you know, normally a guy, girl, I always, I always kind of knew that a, like a, a girl liked me before I would ever like go out on a limb. I wasn't going to do that. But that night, I wasn't planning on it. I didn't prepare for it. But I shared with this girl that I was starting to get sweet on. I had no idea. I just knew she didn't think I was disgusting because she was willing to play tennis with me. I said, I like you, I care about you, and I'm interested in you. And my life changed after that moment. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. Susie says, <laughs> that moment, she's just like, well, I have something to tell you. She said, two nights ago, I had a dream. And I saw this parched, parched like desert land. And I saw this one flower begin to spring up through the desert cracks, the dry ground. And I knew it was a relationship with you. And it scared me to death. And I grabbed a pair of scissors to cut down that flower that started springing out of the desert, the dry ground. And I saw in my dream, like God's hand pushed it aside and said, no, it's going to be okay. God spoke to that woman in a dream. That was the Holy Spirit speaking to her in a dream. And we just celebrated 28 years of marriage. She's my best friend. But this is the kind of thing. God, when, we, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit becomes so real to us. And it begins to change who we are and how we relate to other people. And we're going to talk about it next week. The purpose of the power is not for some sort of uh, signs and wonders cosmic show on Sundays. In fact, read the Bible. It'll mess you up as a Christian. Almost 90% of all the miracles in the New Testament did not happen in the temple. They happened in the marketplace. They happened, in biz they happened Monday through. They happened in the work week, not in the church. We've gotten it so topside down. So topside down. And I, I just believe God's word is what we should follow. Not our own personal experience that violates God's word. Believe in that so much. So, Valley Christian Church, in terms of baptism of the Holy Spirit, this is who we always have been. This is who we are. And this is who we always will be. And you know what? Maybe right now, even I'm talking about because of a bad experience with bad Christians, you're getting uptight and nervous. Guess what? Nothing's going to change. This is who we are. We're not all of a sudden going to take some 90-degree turn. This is who we always have been. This is who we are. This is who we always will be. And so what does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me just share with you real quickly. What does it mean it's so important to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 puts it this way. Do not be drunk with wine, which is a sin. And, and by the way, so is uh, getting drunk on, on bourbon or scotch or whiskey. It's not just like well, drunken with wine, but I can, you know, kill the beer, you know, drink a keg. Uh, don't, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Drunkenness is clearly a sin. There is no wiggle room around that. To, uh, drunkenness is a sin. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, this is pretty interesting, this passage, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul writes by the Holy Spirit in Ephesians that you and I, as followers of Christ, are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and you know what? As your pastor, I want you to want, to want everything God has for you. Not to just, I just, wanna, I just want enough. I, I know that you want, I want everything that God has for me. And I know you do too. 
And the Bible says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine. Now, here's an interesting thing. This verb, be filled, in the original Greek, it's important to explain this because it's a whole different tense in the Greek language that the New Testament was written in that we don't have in English. This is called the present imperative. In other words, it means be constantly being filled with the Spirit. In other words, it's not just a one-time event. We need to constantly, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I think it was D.L. Moody one time, someone asked him, why does it say be filled, continually filled with the Holy Spirit? He said, because we leak. <laughs> because we leak. Because there are times when like, we just don't want to do what God wants to do and we want it our way and we get in the flesh as we've talked about in this series. And, and, and we mess things up. We're like, God, fill me again with your Holy Spirit. I try to practice this on a daily basis. God just, in that, in that morning prayer, God just fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. Just fill me with your Holy Spirit. Be constantly, moment by moment, controlled by the Holy Spirit because he fills you. Because you've been baptized. It's the difference in receiving the Holy Spirit at salvation. This is it. Every one of us did. And it's the difference in drinking a bottle of water and jumping into the pool of the Holy Spirit. And, and so... Four things I think are important as we talk about baptism of the Holy Spirit. First of all, remove all barriers. First thing we need to do is remove all the barriers. Look at what it says, Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39. Peter replied, he, he preached, this is when the, the, the church is born in Acts chapter 2. He preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Repent, first of all. Be baptized in water. So be baptized in Christ. Be baptized in water. Watch this now. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Three baptisms right there in Acts chapter 2. And then watch this. The, the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This promise is not just for one generation. This promise is not for two generations. This promise is for all those far off. This is why we are, as uh, Pastor Stephen mentioned last week, we're not secessionist theologically. We are continuous. The Bible makes it, this, is never, this never ends. This never ends. And, and so it happened in Acts chapter 2 the first time, and it has continued ever since then, all throughout church history. And, and so this promise is for you. We need to remove all obstacles. This is, can I put it this way? This is your spiritual heritage. How cool is it to have my dad here just a few weeks ago and his wife, Melinda? And, and he met so many people that he'd never met before, but really the, his life, my mom's life, have had a ripple effect because of their faith in Christ to, to start this church back in 1975. This is your spiritual heritage. All that God has for you, not just a little bit, not just the minimum amount the maximum amount. And, and so we need to remove all our barriers. And let me just put it this way. I think it's important just to pause for a minute and say this. So many times bad Christians have happened to good people. And, and when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, like, oh man, I'm not going to do that because that's going to make me weird. Let me just say something. If you're weird before the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be weird after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It has nothing to do with the Holy Spirit. You're just weird. You're weird. Holy Spirit doesn't make you weird. If you're weird before being baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're going to be weird after. If you're normal, you're going to be normal. 
And that's one of the things that, 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 you know, again, we've distanced ourselves as a church from this weird, unbiblical, charismatic culture that says weirdness is next to godliness. That's not true. That's not true at all. And so remove all the barriers and the obstacles, and maybe you've you had a bad experience with weird Christians that said they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's why they're weird. No, it's not. They're just weird. Don't put that on him. Put that on them. And so remove all the barriers. Here's the second one. Request the gift of the Holy Spirit. You need to ask for it. The Bible makes this clear. Jesus made this really clear. We need to request the gift of the Holy Spirit. This is one of the verses that that pastor helped me with when I went to talk to him my freshman year in college because I wasn't sure because I didn't have this weird experience and it didn't turn me weird. The Holy Spirit didn't turn me weird when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. So I thought I didn't have the Holy Spirit. He's like, you have it. And he used this verse. It's so important. Luke chapter 11, verse 13. Jesus said, if you then, though you're evil know how to give good gifts to your children. He's doing a contrast here. He's like, you know, uh, you earthly, your children, you ask your earthly father for a loaf of bread, he doesn't give you a stone. You ask him for a fish, he doesn't give you a scorpion. And then goes, if you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, watch this now, how much more will your father, and the inference there, your heavenly father, who's perfect in contrast, so perfect, you can have a great father here on earth, but compared to our heavenly father, he looks like he's bad guy. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit, watch this now, to those who ask? If you've never asked, you haven't received it. We have to ask for the Holy Spirit. And that's what this pastor said. He said, that day, back in New York, when you were a young man, and you asked God to baptize you in the Holy Spirit, he did. It's a fact. It's not a feeling. It has nothing to do with some sort of emotion. It has nothing to do. It's okay if that happens, but, but that's not what it's about. It's a fact. This is an ironclad promise that Jesus makes. If we ask our Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit, immediately he does it. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to tarry. We don't have to work something up. We don't have to wait till we start shaking or something crazy like that. How much more will your Father, who's perfect in heaven, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So we need to remove all the barriers, repent, water baptism. We, we need to, to follow through with those things. We need to request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Here's the third thing. We need to receive Him by faith. Again, everything that God does, everything is by faith. By faith. I love this in Ezekiel. It kind of it, it, it is a foreshadowing of the coming of the Holy Spirit. Let me read this. It's pretty cool that he has this prophetic word. In Ezekiel chapter 47, he says this, as a man went eastward with measuring line in his hands. This is a prophecy about the Holy Spirit, about what's coming, the fullness, the, the filling of the Holy Spirit that would come. He measured off a thousand cupids, and then he led me through the water. This water is always a symbol of the Holy Spirit. He led me through the water that was ankle deep. Some of us have had a, a, received the Holy Spirit salvation, and we're kind of like ankle deep. But you know what? We're still like, all right, I'm in control of my life. You know, it's not, it's not going to move me much. I, I still can go where I want to go, do what I want to do, and all that. Ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cupids, and he led me through water that was knee deep. A little bit deeper experience with the Holy Spirit. He measured off another thousand, and he led me through the water that was up to the waist. 
These are just steps. You see this more and more, just that we surrender to the Holy Spirit. That's what the water symbolizes, the Holy Spirit. But watch this. It goes on and says in this prophetic word, he measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross. I was no longer calling the shots because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. So what do you do? You jump into the river. You jump into it. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jump in. And it's pretty interesting. You, you read the rest of this in Ezekiel chapter 47, and it says, in that, in that depth of the water and the river, it makes this interesting statement. It says, there the water was teeming with life. That when we're, we jump in, we, we just fill me with your Holy Spirit. Difference between drinking a bottle of water and diving into a pool. God, just fill, I'm going all out. I surrender everything. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. It says that water was teeming with life later on in Ezekiel chapter 47. And so I'm inviting you to take the next step today. I'm inviting you, if you have never prayed and asked God to fill you with His Holy Spirit, to do it, to baptize you in His Holy Spirit, to do it right now. And, and you know what? It's not about feeling. It's about faith. It's about faith. Jesus said, you ask the Heavenly Father, He will give you the Holy Spirit. But you've got to ask. If you haven't asked, you don't have the fullness. You don't have everything that God has for you. So we've got to ask. It's about faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. The Bible makes it clear, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and what? That he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so I'm just inviting you, if you've never done it before, to, to take that next step of faith. Say, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And, and, and maybe you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know what? We need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we leak. <laughs> Just like D.L. Moody, we leak. Because I'm not always on my A game walking in the Spirit the way that I should be. So we need to be continually, every day, filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Allowing the Holy Spirit to control us. That's what produces that fruit, that juicy fruit we talked about a couple weeks ago. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all those things. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. And then here's the fourth thing that's so important. Relate to Him daily. Relate to the Holy Spirit. It's a relationship. God wants an ongoing relationship with you. How? By the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, I love how the message translation puts this. The amazing grace of the Master, that's our Heavenly Father, watch this, Jesus Christ, that's the Son, Father, Son, and the, the, the extravagant love of God, and the um, uh, intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Trinity right there, Father, Son, and the other one, Holy Spirit. And God wants, by the Holy Spirit, an intimate friendship with the Holy Spirit in your life and mine, that we grow in this. And so right now, I just want to pray. I, I want to pray, and anyone and everyone that's in the hearing of my voice right now, even online, if you're in Poughkeepsie, if you're online campus, if you just right now, whether you have been filled with the Holy Spirit before, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, it means the same thing. I'm just going to pray right now. 
And, and I want to lead you in a prayer because I can't do it for you. I can't ask for you. You've got to ask your Heavenly Father. And you know, according to Jesus' words, He'll do it. And we do it by faith. It's not a feeling. So many times in churches, we want to say, uh, we want to eliminate the faith and we want to look for something to happen. That's not faith. Faith is, it doesn't matter what I feel. It doesn't matter what does or doesn't happen. I'm putting my faith. I'm trusting you, God. You said, if I ask, you're going to do this. And so if you'd like to be right now filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, knowing 100%, just like Jesus said, how much more your Heavenly Father will give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. I'm just going to ask you right now, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand right now. And I'm going to pray. And I just want to invite you to repeat this prayer after me. Open your heart to Him right now. Just say, Heavenly Father, I trust your word. I ask you now, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for filling me with your Holy Spirit. I want all that you have for me. I receive your Holy Spirit today. Amen. Amen. Pray that prayer on a regular basis. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And you just watch how it's a difference, again, of drinking a, glass, a cup of water and jumping in. Jumping in to the deep end, teeming with life as the Holy Spirit fills us on a daily basis. And there's a purpose for it. That's what we're going to talk about next week. The purpose of the power in the finale of our, our series, Father, Son, and the Other One. I hope you join us then. God bless you.